So hi, friends, friends in the room, friends online. It's so good to be with you today. I get really excited to be up here, no matter if I'm just saying good morning or if I'm praising up here or a moment like this. I just get really excited because I love to connect with people, and I feel like this is a way for me to connect with a lot of you, uh, maybe when I don't normally, wouldn't normally have the opportunity to. So I'm really glad to be with you. Love being a part of the team here at Whitewater, Um, and today, like David said, I just get the chance to share with you my story, or maybe my testimony, maybe you've heard that word before, and how Jesus has worked through my life. So maybe not necessarily like we're not going to be in this a whole bunch, and maybe it's not your typical three-point message, but I do believe it's a powerful story of how Jesus has moved, and that's got nothing to do with me, but all with him. So we'll continue in the Beatitudes, like David said, and that's a little chapter in the book of Matthew. If you want to go ahead and prepare your Bible, I think it's good if you read along with me. I just wish I could take all of you and put you on my big sectional that Rob said we had to have, and we could sit there and drink some coffee and maybe have some comfort food, because this story is all about comfort, and I feel like if I could just take you all home with me, we'd really be able to have a really good conversation. So, so maybe you have some coffee now. That's great. Um, I want you to just relax, and let's just have um, some time where we share what's really important to us. I want to pray, if that's okay. Jesus, sometimes just saying your name is all the comfort that we need. I remember laying under the Christmas tree, just saying your name over and over again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So we thank you, Jesus, for providing comfort. I thank you for the opportunity to share how you've moved in my life. And God, I ask you move in the lives of the people here with us today. You've turned my morning to dancing most days. And you're there for me when I don't feel like dancing. I pray for those in this room and those online, especially those who maybe have lost somebody that they love so much. And God, if there's some people in this room or online that haven't had that experience, maybe somebody they know is walking through that, we just ask, Lord, that you speak to us all today. Allow us to walk away feeling a bit connected, deeper connected with you. And we'll call that a win. We love you, Lord. Amen. So I'm going to say relax again, and that's probably for me, but I want you all to relax too. Sit back, but lean in, because I'm confident that my story, because of Jesus, will give you some takeaways for your season of life, no matter if that's a really beautiful, warm, sunny summer season or a dark, long, cold winter. I'm confident that these takeaways that that will show you maybe a different way to live or a different perspective to have will help you. And, you know, if you follow Jesus, I love that he gives us this gift of a new perspective, and we can find a lot of that in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. So if you do follow Jesus and if you've committed your life to him, I ask that you really lean into those Beatitudes because that different perspective or that, like Christina said in the 15 before, that upside-down way of thinking will really just give you a new lens and a new life. I believe that. And if you don't yet believe that, maybe some of my story will help you. Um, Let's start off with that short little verse in Matthew 5. John kicked us off last week with a very short sermon. (laughs) Okay, so in all seriousness, it was longer than what we're used to, 
but who else could not notice or, or feel the power and the passion in the room? Did you feel that, those of you who are here? Yeah. You could hear tears and sniffles, and maybe it was just me and Nana, but we, from the second song all the way through communion, we were just moved. And some of you know my mom. She shared this about last Sunday's message. She said, I know those of us who are poor in spirit felt that message to our core. It made me want to do better, be better, less distracted, more focused. I love how God's moving in powerful ways in multiple generations and in that powerful service. So, yes, it was long. I'll try to be a little shorter today, but God can move in long or short, let me tell you. So, second week of our Beatitude series, if you haven't been with us um, in the last couple weeks, it's our second week of this new series called Blessed. In a world where being blessed means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about what it truly means to be blessed. Definitely not what we think. So verse 4, it's the second beatitude if you want to read it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I'm sure when you heard or saw that I would be up here, you're like, oh, we know which one she's talking about. Um, and I think that's a, an honor and a privilege, and I'm really pleased to be able to talk to you about that. I hope you hear my heart. So you're blessed when you're mourning. Who today feels blessed in your mourning? It's probably not like the first like, thing you want to raise your hand to. Because blessed was certainly not the emotion or the first thought that popped into my head when my husband moved to heaven. So many of you have heard our story before. Um, may, maybe you've seen pictures and posts online, on Facebook. Maybe you were here for Rob's celebration of life. Or maybe you've heard me right here saying good morning, church, and sharing the news about Rob. But Rob moved to heaven. I have a three-year-old, so we don't necessarily say D-I-E-D. We just say Rob moved to heaven. Rob moved to heaven in November after fighting stage four lung cancer for a year, just shy under a year. He was 33 years young. He was a son, a brother, an uncle, a friend, a husband for four years, four short years, and a dad. That's probably his favorite one, a dad. Navy was, Navy's our daughter. She was just under three years old when dad moved to heaven. So Rob, bless his soul, endured chemo treatments for the last 11 months of his life. I have yet come in contact with someone who has experienced chemo for that long. Aggressive treatments with one short break so he could gain some strength to fight back. Rob was adamant about fighting. At the end of his journey, I sat in Mercy Health Hospital. Many of you tried to come comfort, but COVID. So I sat in that hospital on the phone with Rob's oncologist. He was like one of the best. And he told me with such grace and gentleness, he had already had, sorry, he had already had a conversation with Rob and he wanted to have a conversation with me. I knew what that conversation was going to be about. He told me that Rob had fought as hard and as long as he could. He made it a point to say Rob was not giving up, but he just wasn't going to win this battle. 
We knew, even in the midst of the worst pain we've ever experienced, we knew that, that Rob's battle wasn't lost, but quite the opposite. It was really special to be able to share with, with doctors and nurses um, the hope that we have and had then. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to share that. Didn't necessarily make it easier, but <clears throat> it was really good to share that. Rob came home for the last two days of his life to spend them at home with Navy and I. That was a really hard decision to make. And if some of you have been through the journey of partnering with a hospice care team, you know what I mean. Making those types of decisions can be really hard. We got home. I could not help him into the house by myself. So thanks be to God, my dad was there. He met us. He walked us in. We got Rob comfortable in his room on the main level of our house because he could no longer go upstairs. I wish I had some pictures to show you, but he was in his old guitar room that we transformed into the nicest little hospice room we could do. We strung pictures of many of you wearing your Fight My Battles t-shirts. Even if you didn't send me a picture of you, I creeped on you and got it on Facebook. <laughs> so we hung those up all around Rob's room. You know how much his guitars meant to him, so we kind of set some of those out. We wanted Rob to know that he was not alone in this fight. Cool thing, too, here in a little bit, we're going to worship, and Joe is one of Rob's good friends. Joe will be playing Rob's orange guitar, so if you ever see that guitar around, that's Rob's, and that's really special to me that Joe is willing to play that. So we transformed Rob's guitar room. We spent... The next two days, a Saturday night and all of a Sunday, in that little room, we watched a lot of Survivor on the CBS app. Navy ate all of our meals in there. It was, it was some special time that I really am grateful for. God's provision in that week was evident. I'm blown away when I see God's provision in that time. He worked out every little detail for our family. Rob spent his last night surrounded by friends and family. He ate some pizza and some ice cream. Thanks, Connor. And he knew how much he was loved and how much he'd be missed. I went to sleep that night saying probably the most vulnerable prayer I've ever said. And that was, God, I can't do it one more day. Rob can't do it one more day. We were told it'd be a couple weeks, but God, he can't do it anymore. So Rob passed away the week of Thanksgiving, November 23rd. Definitely not what we had wanted. Definitely not how we th thought we'd spend Thanksgiving. Definitely not a moment that I expected to feel comfort like the way I did. It's a little hard to share this really intimate, personal chapter of, of our story with you all. It helps that typically I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I'll share with you. Or if you can't already read it on my face, I'll tell you most things. But this, one is, this one's a little hard to share. And the people closest to me were a bit defensive when I told them I got to speak on Blessed Are Those Who Mourn. They got a little mad. What do you mean you're going to talk about that? You're going to stand up there and expose all of your personal things? 
Some of them will be here next service. I can say this now. Some of them will be here next service, and they're, like, ready to fight. So I appreciate that. I appreciate their protection of me. But here's why I share. Because of Jesus. That's it. Jesus. I share our story not to brag about how strong and awesome Jerrica and Rob are, how much they endured. Rob endured a heck of a lot, but that's not why we share this. We want everyone to experience the faithfulness of Jesus and the comfort that can come in the morning. That's why we share. So some of you are on this journey of mourning with me. You've lost someone who means the world to you. But some of you aren't. Some of you have not experienced that yet. But I believe the blessings that Jesus talks about, that no matter what season you're in, will be helpful if and when you do experience something similar to this. And I emphasize when. So blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I'm a simple girl, and I have a little pillow on my couch that says, enjoy the little things, and my letter board says, celebrate the simple. I'm here to tell you that just because something's simple does not mean it's easy. But I do want to give you a simple phrase that hopefully you can walk away with today. It's been kind of what has given, given us hope and strength, and it's this. Our blessing is found and the opportunity that we get to love and we get to grow. In our morning, we get to love and we get to grow. So I wouldn't be mourning the loss of Rob if I didn't love him. That's why I'm mourning, because I have so much love for him. And I'm going to choose to see that as a gift. My mourning is a gift because I got to love Rob. I got the gift of dating, which some of you are like, dating is not a gift. Ew. <laughs> dating Rob was a gift. It was fun. I got the gift of marriage. Got to be married for four years. The gift of parenting. I had the opportunity to love, so that's a gift. And y'all, I love to love. And there's one reason why I love to love. Because Jesus is the reason we love. First John says we love because he first loved us. He created us to love. So we shouldn't be ashamed on this Valentine's Day to love. But when you love, it's, I don't want to say it's going to hurt, but it's going to hurt. So we celebrated Rob's life on November 29th on a Sunday night here in this room. Many of you were here. I had zero clue what to expect that day. I mean, I'm 28. How do you plan a service. We didn't use the F word. <laughs> we didn't call it that. <laughs> There's just some words we don't say. So it, planning that, I had no clue what to expect. It was the most bizarre feelings that I have ever felt, and maybe some of you can relate. It felt like a holiday, because all of your family's in town, you're eating a lot of food. Um, it was just so bizarre. It felt like the most special occasion ever, you know, typically I would have cared about what I wore in my hair. I didn't have it in me, but looking back on that service, I just told David he should have told me my hair was a mess, but he didn't. 
Anyway, it was the most bizarre experience. And honestly, writing some words out to share with you all, I have that same sick feeling in my gut as I did that day. And you guys understand what that feeling is. It overcomes you, like shaky and you can hardly breathe. And so it's unbearable. But in the moment, I sat in this first chair saying the very same songs we're singing today, looking at a big picture of Rob, I felt so blessed. Because I thought, wow, I got to love him. And wow, all of these people love him. And he loved all of these people. If you were there, you felt it too, right? <laughs> I'm not just crazy. But there's absol- there is absolutely no way I could have stood upright in that spot. Then, as we praised in literally the darkest moments of our life, and right now, as I share this with you guys, without the strength of Jesus. And it's that strength, that love of Jesus inside of me, that's the blessing. It's like the epitome of his strength made perfect in my weakness. And hear me, this is not about Jerica. This is about the strength of Jesus inside of her. The epitome of I cannot physically move without you, Jesus. I cannot breathe one more day. I cannot look at the face of my daughter without you. You know, and this feeling ties back to what John talked about last week. We're blessed when we realize our need for Jesus. I needed Jesus then and now more than I ever realized. So it would have been heartbreaking if I came to this service to celebrate Rob's life and nobody came, right? If, if we were honoring the life of somebody who had no, no people to love or no people loving on them. So that's like the blessing of all of this is that we got to love Rob. We get to love. So we had so many people in this room safely. I don't know if you follow me on Facebook. I shared that I wish we could have filled Great American Ballpark and just partied for Rob. But with the circumstances, we just couldn't. But this room was safely filled with people who loved Rob and a bunch of people that Rob loved. So we get to love. In our morning, we have the opportunity to love that some people don't have. And we have the opportunity to grow. But before I talk about our opportunities and how we can grow in our morning, I want to just warn you of a few things. A few things that have been kind of on my radar that I have to keep check on. And some of these helpful tips came from my counselor, but I think they're helpful for you too. In a season of mourning, we can easily get caught up in isolation and lies. If you're with me on this morning journey, please watch out for that. But I would go as far as saying, even if you aren't mourning, do not isolate yourself in this world and don't listen to the lies of the enemy. I'm reading a book by Lisa Turkers. Maybe some of you have read it. I know some of you have. It's not supposed to be this way. Amen. But she said, if the enemy can isolate you, he can influence you. So if we allow ourselves to be isolated, 
especially from other believers, we allow ourselves to believe those lies. So please, if you're mourning, surround yourself with a community of people that will speak truth into your life. And if you don't have that, I would love to help you find that. Because those lies, especially when we're isolated, especially when we have deep sorrow, those lies can so easily creep in and we start believing things that aren't true. A friend of mine, sweet Jody, he shared some thoughts with me um, that really just reiterate this point. So let me read this to you. Sooner or later, we all experience the cruel blow of losing someone we love. You can't stop death. Like the setting of the sun, it comes, and when it does, never be ashamed of your humanity. Friends, you all, you are not a failure if you prayed for healing more times than you can count, and God still doesn't heal him. When you want assurance that God is there for you when you need him most, but for whatever reason, you still doubt. When the pain of the moment seems to yell while hope only whispers. When you haven't practiced the best self-care because death has consumed you. When you go back to work and you realize that you can't function because you're still grieving. When you're driving down the road and still can't look at the place you last saw your loved one. You're not a failure if you don't feel anything right now or if there's tension in your family. You're not a failure if you can't stop grieving long enough to enjoy the last days together. You're not a failure if you weren't aware of how much you loved them until they passed. You're not a failure if you ate your grief and you gained weight. You're not a failure if all you can do is sleep because you're now a widow. You're not a failure if you need help. And you're not a failure if you're mad or have doubts or you feel like you're wrestling with God. When someone you love dies and you hear a voice in your head talking about your biggest failure or mistake, if it isn't calling you beloved, it isn't God talking. So my, my challenge today would be listen to the voice of Jesus. And if you don't know the voice of Jesus, get to know it. Take every thought captive and make sure that it's from him and not the enemy. In the book of James, Jesus' brother, who had a front row seat of watching his brother go through the unthinkable, he writes these words as he watched his brother, as he's mourning his brother. He wrote, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I encourage you today to take away from our time that your pain, your suffering, your mourning, your tears, your broken heart, your grief is not wasted. Your perseverance through those hard seasons of life will help you become more complete if you choose so. If you choose so. So who understands grief better than someone who's grieved? And who understands the emotion of death better than someone who's experienced it? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 6 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may also be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. With the comfort with, 
which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which your experience, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. So we get to grow. We choose. We can choose to grow. We can choose to mature our faith. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to feel pleasant. And I've experienced that a bit. It's definitely not pleasant. Just about three months out from losing Rob. Our worlds were kind of flipped upside down, just shy under three months. Maybe you're like, whoa, that's too early to be talking up here. I feel that a little bit. (laughs) But really, we've been grieving for the past year. And if you've experienced taking care of someone who is ill and the outcome is not good, you, you've already processed some of that. And I know it seems like, wow, Jericho's doing really well for three months, just two months out. Well, Jesus. But also we've been processing this for, for a year now. About a year ago, December 19th of 2019, our, year was flipped, our world was flipped upside down. I wasn't able to, to realize then, or even just maybe two months ago, just how faithful God was. Blessed was not what I felt when Rob could no longer take Navy to bed. Couldn't pick her up, couldn't do stairs. I definitely didn't feel comfort as I sat in the car as he received chemo because I wasn't allowed in with him. Week in and week out. I did not feel faithful to Jesus most days. My pride was taken down a notch when I realized I was going to need strength outside of Jericho in order to keep going. So I prayed many nights. I'm not there, Jesus. I can't. I don't even necessarily want to. (laughs) I'm going to need your strength. I'm going to need your strength. If I look back at journals during this year, it's strength, strength, strength. And he provided that through you all. Many of you, meals, money, cards, time, prayers, that was Jesus' strength that I needed. So I'm able to look back and see a t-shirt that was bought, or I'm able to see cards that are hanging up in our our house, and and be reminded of God's strength that he provided So please hear me if I haven't said it already. I am beyond grateful for everything that you all have done for my family. Even if it was just a thought. We are so grateful. But I'm so grateful that Jesus uses his people so that we can tangibly see how he moves and how he works. Death is a wake-up call that I keep trying to almost warn my friends of. If you don't feel like you have a deep connection with Jesus, I want you to to gain that before the death comes. (laughs) Death is a great teacher and a great lesson, but I would love for you to learn this without having to go through that. This season that we're 
walking through right now, it's definitely a reality check. It's really putting our faith in Christ and not of this world, and we have to put our money where our mouth is. So let me read you this verse that we're focusing on today in a different way. From the message version of the Bible, it says, You're blessed when you feel like you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one that's most dear to you. So I lost what was most dear to me. But thank you, Jesus, for embracing me and reminding me that you are my most treasured one. And through you and because of you, I will see Rob again. So this was a testing of my faith. You guys, a testing that I didn't ask for directly. (laughs) I ask all the time for God to renew my mind and, and to help me, I say that a lot, put my money where my mouth is. But this isn't how I wanted it to come. But through this testing, I have developed an appreciation for Jesus like I have never had before. My relationship with him is now in a place that I'm not totally confident would have happened without this experience. Again, I did not want to lose Rob But I'm here to tell you that there's nothing, we just sang about it, there is nothing that God can't do or turn around. And he provides joy. Hopefully our lives are an example of that. He provides joy that makes zero sense. And he provides comfort that's indescribable. Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. Let me tell you the burden I felt. When Rob went to heaven, it was like the biggest relief because he was suffering so bad here on this earth. All I wanted was for him to feel relief. So we went to Jesus, and boy, did he remove our burden. He says, I will give you rest. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. In the midst of mourning, we're blessed with a God who says, come to me, come close. I will take your burden. I will give you rest. I'll show you how to recover your life. What experiences are you going through right now where you need to just go to Jesus? Go close, allow him to carry your heavy burden, allow him to give you real rest, allow him to recover your life. Y'all, I want you to invite Jesus in to whatever experience that is. It's not easy. But I'm telling you right now, if I didn't have him, my story would look a lot different. God's comfort comes in many ways. So really look at your life. Find an example, and maybe it's a season you're walking through right now. But find it, look for his his hand at work, and you'll find it. I need you to do that because that story, that story of how he's worked in your life will be your message. And we're all on mission here and our message will be a great tool for that mission. So my daughter just had a birthday. She turned three. I wish I had a picture to show you, but she's all over my Facebook so you guys can see her. But we're a week apart, just a week apart, 
And we love to make birthdays a big deal. I didn't take my Christmas tree down because we turned it into a birthday tree, okay? That's what we needed, so get over it. It's down now, but that's a new tradition. Right after Christmas, birthday tree. Big deal. You know, we made it another year. And boy, does that make more sense now more than ever. But it was a beautiful, cold, but beautiful Tuesday morning. You know, and I thought, wow, Jesus, thanks for giving us a really sunny day. Because if it were dark and gloomy, we'd probably be a little sad. But we were in the car, headed to the coffee shop to have some donuts with some friends. She had three donuts. Whew. She was wearing her birthday crown, of course. Many of you probably saw that picture. But as we were driving, she said, I wish Dad was coming to the coffee shop. I said, me too, babe. We say that a lot, whether we're getting in trouble and we're in timeout. She really wishes Dad was there then. <laughs> Going to Skyline, wish Dad was coming. So this wasn't, you know, shocking that she said, I wish Dad was coming to the coffee shop. Just said, me too, babe. But as we were driving, she said, Mom, I'm older now. I said, yeah, you are. She said, I get to go to heaven now. <laughs> and I was, we've been telling her, you know, because she really wants to go to heaven and see your dad. We've been telling her, we'd prefer you be much, much, much older until you go to heaven. So, I'm older now, she thought. It's my birthday, I'm older, I'm three now, I can go to heaven. <laughs> and I just, driving, she can't see my face, total, like total shock. I was like, not yet, babe. To which she said the most infamous question a three-year-old says, why? <laughs> so I gathered my thoughts for a second. Honestly, I pretended like I just didn't hear her turn the music up a little bit. Mom, why? Ugh. So I was like, Jesus, now what? Gathered my thoughts. And let me tell you, I think I had the most important conversation with a human that I've ever had. And she was a three-year-old human. So I said, Nave, can't go just yet. Jesus has work for us to do. And she's all about helping, you know, if we're mopping the floor or doing laundry, she wants to help. So, Nave, you want to help me? He's got a job for us to do. And I'm so, you know, I'm cheery. I'm pumping this up because I don't even necessarily believe it myself yet. And I'm like, come on, let's do this. You want to help me? And she said, yeah, what are we going to do? So I said, babe, we get to stay here. <laughs> Such a fake smile in that moment. We get to stay here. We get to tell people about Jesus. We get to love people really well and have fun doing it. And when we love people really well, they're going to say, why do you love me so much? And we're going to say, because of Jesus. He loves us, so we want to love you. And, and Nave, we want as many people to know about Jesus, like really know them, know him like dad knew him and know him like we know him. We want to share with Jesus with as many people as possible because we want heaven to be packed with people. I'm like really getting into it at this point, like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And she says, okay, <laughs> won't that be fun, Navy? Come on. Yeah. Like she's out of her mind. But friends, that's the same message for you as it is Navy. Jesus has work for us to do. 
In our morning, like I just said a few minutes ago, we have a message. That's why I keep asking you to, to reflect back on an experience that you've had or an experience that you're walking through. We have a message. And I'm here to tell you, our message is hope. So know your story. Be able to tell it so that we can share with as many people as possible. Y'all, when I share my story, and even prior to Rob passing, we had some stuff we walked through. But when I share a story and I get to share hope, that's when I feel the comfort that I so desperately want to feel. You know, the comfort I felt as last week somebody went all in, that somebody was a dear friend of Rob's, that's comfort. Or comfort I feel as we worship, even though I know so many of us are wounded, but we choose to worship anyway. The comfort I feel knowing that up from ashes, hope can still arise. The comfort that I feel knowing that this earth is not our home. And that one day I will see Rob again because Jesus lives. So I want us to just do that right now. I want us to kind of just put our money where our mouth is. I want us to worship and I want us to praise Jesus. And I want us to sing about even though... Our worlds are hard, and even though everything is difficult, we can still continue on because Jesus lives. So maybe as you sing or as you reflect, think about uh, Sweet Rob. Think about how Navy, and she's got all that work to do, and, and you guys are coming along with us on that journey to help people know Jesus. Or maybe you just, you're not there yet. You're just not even there yet. You're, nope, I am not blessed. I do not feel comforted. That's okay too. So maybe just sit back, let these words fall on you, these truthful words. Remember, we're not listening to lies of the enemy. And just just let this moment, please, maybe just one of you, <laughs> let this moment be just a line in the sand. I choose to love. I get to love. I get to grow. I'm not going to let Satan win in this. I'm going to accept comfort from Jesus whether that's through somebody here, whether that's through a word or through a prayer, I'm gonna receive comfort. So y'all, let's do this next song together and here, and I'll come back and we'll, we'll really talk about how much Jesus loves you.